The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. What's up, people? We are back. While most people are enjoying 4th of July and taking off work, the JPP pod is actually putting in more work. So, for this week, me and Dad kind of hop on, and just a week removed from uh, the hog disappointment in the College World Series, we really kind of put a bow on the whole College World Series final and talk how we're feeling, you know, a week removed. Then, I don't know if you heard on the last pod, but LJ and Hannah went to Hawaii, then Colorado, and they blessed us with some of their thoughts while they've been on the road. And They touch on things they've seen in movies, uh, they touch on what they're listening to, and they even get on to kind of what seeing the world's beauty in person does for you. It kind of, it kind of changes you. So, uh, hey, check it out. JPP Part 2 this week. Happy Fourth of July. America. I wish I would have mentioned it earlier. I just think I think there's a lot of Hog fans now, and I'll take this out. But I think Hog fans seem like they're disappointed in and how the season went. And I under I get the disappointment, but that was a, a fantastic season. I think we just watched the best Arkansas baseball team we've ever yeah. seen. Yeah, and they're really good. And if you would have told me at the beginning of the year we'll be in the World Series, that'd be pretty awesome. I mean, it was fun. I, I I thoroughly enjoyed watching those three games, even though we lost. All right, and yeah. Well, I, I'm going to tell you these notes I have real quick, and I, I don't know if we can throw it in, but how, how do I feel about the Razorbacks losing the College World Series? I feel frustrated because we had it won. Right. We catch that fly out, that can of corn. You know what they call it, a can of corn. <laughs> no, why, why, why do they call that. it? I've never heard that. Okay, a can of corn back in the days, apparently, of the Depression, you know, people didn't have a lot of food, but they had corn. And so you would get corn and you would stack it really high up on the high shelf. And what you'd have to do typically is get something and kind of tip it off <laughs> and then catch the can of corn. So Tammy and I are playing golf the other day and, and Dr. Big Head Doug says something about, I hit a ball. You know how you hit a ball sometimes on the tee box. It goes just sky high. And he's like, can of corn. <laughs> We're like, what the hell are you talking about? He goes, so he goes, no, man, it's a baseball term. Can of corn, just a real routine pop fly. And we're like, you're making that crap up. So we asked we asked Scott Flanagan, and Scott Flanagan goes, dude, yeah, it's just a regular routine pop fly, can of corn. So anyway. <laughs> uh, I think I've heard it, but I never had any idea why. You know, it's one of those sayings you just you repeat it, but you don't know it. Well, now you on the golf course all the time. I can't wait to say can of corn, can of corn. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right. Back to what the race. So I'm frustrated because we had it won, but we didn't catch the can of corn. I feel proud right. they were in it to begin with. I feel proud how our team represented the university. I thought the kids, I mean, they acted good. I don't remember any bad sportsmanship. I thought I thought they represented my university well. I felt very proud about how Coach Van Horn represented the university. I just like him. I loved him after the I, game. What yes. he had said, it was I, I just lo- I just love Dave Van. You know, Horn. I'm going to go ahead and brag. Well, my next point was I like I want to brag about the fact that I know him personally and I will given the opportunity. So, I know Dave Van Horn, he's a good guy. 
He is he as good a guy as he seems? He, he, he yes, I would say that he, he is. He seems like a genuine good guy. Your mom and his wife were roommates at the University of Arkansas, and that's how we got to know them pretty well. I think that mom still. I think mom and and uh, they they still exchange and, Christmas cards. Every oh yeah, year. yeah. They still they still talk. Yeah, and I think I've. I mean, I know Karen. They're they're good people. So I was very proud of that. Uh, I feel like it is tough to be an Arkansas Razorback fan. I feel sure many people feel that way about their alma mater, but damn, it can be tough to be a Razorback fan. And finally, I alluded to it earlier. I know for a fact, for a fact, that I care more about UA athletic teams than I do any other athletic team ever on this planet. I love the Cowboys. I'm a Mavericks fan. I kind of like the Astros and was rooting for them in the World Series, blah, blah, blah. Arkansas Razorbacks women's softball. And that's no diss to them. I'm just saying I'm rooting for them. I'm just whatever the University of Arkansas is playing, I am a hundred percent all in. Period. So Well, so I wanted to bring up one, as as you alluded to, but I think the the program is in amazing hands. And Van Horn's been good since he's been there. But especially it was funny, this senior class with Shaddy and them, they went that their rookie or their freshman year, they went, I forget what it was. They were under 500 and it wasn't a very good year. And a lot of people were like, Oh my gosh, Arkansas baseball is terrible again. This is a disgrace of the athletic program. It might be Van Horn's time to go. And then since then, this group has gotten better and better in each year. They got to the regionals last year and then they advanced past that obviously got to the world series this year. This team is really good. And there's some really good young players and, I think Van Horn's a great coach. I, if you're looking forward, I think you're in really good okay. hands. There's a lot of programs that would love to have what Arkansas has built at at their program, what Van Horn's built. And I want to say this: they ran into what was the guy's name, Kevin Abel. Well, and I want to get to that. Oh. Kevin Abel was oh my gosh, he I was mean, amazing. So game two, he came in and pitched like an inning or two, three pitches, I think, on two. Right, yeah, and was good. And then game four or game three comes in and goes a complete game, two hit shutout. I mean that's that by itself is extremely impressive. Hey, they say also good pitching beats good hitting, and I mean he was he was on fire. He was. And if you go if you look at what uh, if you look at what he did, I mean Arkansas. Look at who he did it against. Arkansas's lineup is one of the best lineups in all of. And this isn't just. Being a Homer fan, I mean, there's everyone will tell you Arkansas's lineup is as good a lineup as there is out there, and he just shut them down. They got bases loaded in like the second inning, and they couldn't. They they left them all stranded, and from then on, he went. I, I believe it was twenty straight outs where he, yeah. he pitched a perfect game. From then on, he he, he retired the next twenty batters. It was uh, there's not much you can say. He and it's a freshman. This he's kid's a eighteen true years old freshman. Just, yeah, I mean, and he's he was the goat for the College World Series in 2018, right there. And I loved it. We mentioned it. And I, speaking of Abel, I, if you remember, I, I forget what it was. It was like the sixth inning, fifth inning. You start hearing the announcers go, "Ah, it might be time to start thinking about warming someone in the bullpen because he did pitch the night before." Just you, it, all it takes is one pitch for them to blow it open. Is that when and we had they, the bases loaded? Him, I mean, we had the bases loaded. And well, well, that was earlier, but he okay. kind of had settled back down and, right. and got okay. himself in the groove. But they just were like, the pitch count's getting a little bit up there. Mm-hmm. We don't know how this 18-year-old, if he can handle it, blah, blah, blah. And they asked um, Laura Rutledge, who was the reporter, they asked what coach said. And the coach asked Kevin Abel after I think it was the sixth inning and said, how are you feeling? He goes, I got it. I still got it. I want to keep going. And that's what we talked about. We'll get. I want to get into about Cronin. 
and how maybe he should have been pulled in the second inning. It's so hard. It's a hindsight being 2020. Yeah, Dave Van Horn should have pulled Cronin and brought in someone else because he kind of had lost a little bit. But you could have said the same thing about Abel, but clearly the right decision was to let Abel mm-hmm. keep going because he was dealing. And it, I think that is the toughest – one of the toughest things in sports as a coach, manager, whatever. I, I, I call a manager in baseball the same as a coach yeah. in basketball and football. But the decision – it's such a psych- psychological thing to know is Abel still – is that pitcher up here still got it? I mean, his arm might have been lacking, but he still – Every batter that came up, he felt like he was going to get him out. And it looked like the batters kind of were like, how can I hit this guy? I don't know how I'm going to get a hit off of him. He was throwing that changeup unbelievably. He went away from his curve and his slider for a while, and then he came back to it towards the end. And if you were watching his speed of pitches, I mean, he was throwing, you know, 79-mile-an-hour changeup, uh, a lot of upper 80s, but his his fastball was about 89-90. Later in the game, it was 91-92. I don't know if he just loosened up a little more, but I'm, yeah. I'm telling you, that kid put on a performance like very few I've ever seen, ever. And, I mean, I don't watch a lot of baseball. I watch MLB in the in the World Series and the playoffs, and and I do always watch a little of the College World Series, but especially if Arkansas is you know, in it. But, wow, what a – I, I like the kid. I mean, he seemed like a good kid. He, he put on a hell of a performance. I was flabbergasted with how good he was. So, yeah, that game two loss was tough, but mm-hmm. they just ran into, they ran into, into a, a bus off. <laughs> and what, what was interesting is, so that kid's a freshman. He looks like he's going to be a stud. Mm-hmm. The catcher who won MVP is a freshman. Oregon State's going to be – They're going to be there. They're going to be a force to be reckoned with. And I love what baseball does for their rules is coming straight out of high school – you can get drafted. You, I mean, we all know that. You can get drafted straight out of high school into the MLB. But if you go to decide to go college, you have to stay for at least three years. Right. You can't. You have to wait till your junior year. Why does basketball not do that same thing? I don't know. I don't know. If Bagley wants to go straight out of high school, let him go. But if he goes to Duke, he has to stay for three. It just makes the sport more fun. I mean, it, hey, I want to tell you something too. It made me think of. So I'm watching the game that Tuesday, uh, to the second game with uh, several friends, but but Virginia. You know who I'm talking about, Virginia. Oh, yeah. I uh, was watching it. And, you know, she's got a little insight. I'm sure Virginia and Chad were all in. Chad, yeah. Chad wasn't there. Chad wasn't able to be there. Oh. He was working, but Virginia was there. And she said, apparently, her and Chad, you know, they know kind of how the university said, look, if you're playing Oregon, if you're playing the Ducks, they're kind of hoity-toity, you know, they're fancy and all that. <laughs> Oregon State? They'll kick your ass. They're rednecks like we are. Said Oregon State's some rednecks that will kick your ass. They're not backing up to nobody. And it was just funny hearing Virginia say that. And you could kind of see some of that. I I don't mean rednecks in a derogatory way. I just mean they weren't backing just blue down. Collar, blue collar, you know. They're just they weren't backing down from anybody, anywhere, anytime. And it. And you saw that in game you two when they it. they never got down. They were like, all we need is one break, and they got their break. In the and last they made it inning. I mean, they made it happen. Gosh. So so I want to go to – you mentioned the can of corn and the routine <laughs> pop-up. I don't think – the more I've talked, I thought I was – I think I fell victim to the same thing. I thought this is such an easy play, we missed it. It's not even close to comparable to like the J.R. Smith blunder or the Bill Buckner blunder. I, I think that play was a lot harder. Than, it's a, that was than a hard did. play. That was a hard play. Then the average watcher who just tunes in for you know the big games that looks like an easy play, and I can't believe they didn't make it. But that so theoretically, I when I first watched, it, I was like, why did the first baseman not make that play? But from what I've gathered, talking to some some people with knowledge, 
is the first baseman doesn't make that play because your first baseman generally is, you know, is is a first baseman. He's 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 like getting ground or the the balls in the dirt that are thrown from third or stretching for long plays. I mean, not catching. He's pop not ups. catching pop ups catching like a right fielder Kansas or a corn. second baseman. Right. Yeah, he doesn't catch cans corn as often. So really, that play is theoretically the right you want that to be the right fielder. Yeah. But that's a long way for that right fielder to go. So Shaddy, who's a senior, was like, "All right, I know how long this. I know he can't make it, so he's going to go try to make it." Keep in mind, all three of the guys are looking straight up. They have no idea if they're going to run into the wall, a player, when the dirt starts. I mean, they have no idea what's coming. And he's catching the ball over his shoulder. I don't know if I remember literally the hardest thing in the world was catching a pop fly over your shoulder. I, I mean, I couldn't do it. That's why. I, that's why I quit. But I just I think that play is so much harder than we realize. And sure. You're in the College World Series. You should have made it. You should have won it. And Shaddy will tell you he should have made the play. But when I first watched it, I thought, wow, we just blew the easiest pop-up fly, a routine pop-up, a can of corn, you know? And I just think it's a lot harder than we realize. I agree with as you. As average. You we're, we're making fun, and, and, the, and, and this is the last time I'll say it, but it was not a can of corn. That was, that was not routine. That was a hard play. I wish we'd have made it. It was a makeable play. Yeah. Um, well, and that's what you win championships making big plays. Making those and, plays. And we, we should have made and it. And we didn't. And it happens. But I want to say as Hog fans, I understand. I was heartbroken. It was tough. <laughs> but but it was an awesome year. This team played amazing. They were really good. It was fun to watch. I I enjoyed every every minute. I've never enjoyed the College World Series as much as I did this year. It was so much fun. Mm. Besides besides the ninth inning and then game three. But um Okay. Yeah. I'm getting my blood pressure so, up just thinking about it. <laughs> Real quick, I wanted to ask your opinion. Is it harder so in a team sport to have a blunder like that? To have where you really just screwed the pooch and you lost game two and now you gotta bounce back the next day for game three. Is it harder in a team sport or is it harder in like a, a, a game like golf where maybe maybe uh say Phil Mickelson went into day three of the tournament on fire, was up ten shots and just blew the lead and sucked. Is it harder to bounce back for a golfer in an individual sport or a baseball, basketball, football guy in a team sport? I, I will tell you my, my, my gut instinct on that is it's easier to bounce back in a team sport. And the reason for that is I don't want to let my teammates down again. So Right. But I mean, you're also thinking about letting your teammates down. Now. Well, I understand that. But I'm just saying you got to gut it up and – and because, but because in a team sport, I mean, if you're playing golf, if, if you suck sometimes, you just and believe you me, I I know this for a fact. <laughs> you know what it's like. <laughs> I know what it's like to suck at golf, and sometimes you just can't get out of it, and it's just like blankety blank. I'm done. You know, I'm just done. Uh, but in a team sport, you can't. You don't stop. You. I think. I think that's what. I think team sports are better than individual sports too. I mean, I don't know that you asked that question. But I like oh, yeah. being part of a team um, more. I mean, I, I, I respect individual sports and all that, but I like being part of a team. And my gut instinct is that it's easier to overcome a blunder like that uh, in a team sport because you don't, you don't want to let your teammates down, uh, period, or again, my answer. Well, and I kind of I, – well, I agree with you. At first thought, I thought, you know, you have your teammates to pick you up. You have the thought of, I'm not going to let my guys down again. But I think part of it is more – so the biggest the biggest thing you have to do, like for the for the Razorbacks to go into game three when they needed that win, they, they you got to forget that you screwed up game two. 
You just got to, I mean, the next play, I mean, it happened. It's over. Let's go on. But it's so hard in the back of your mind, like you said, I don't want to let my teammates down. I think you're thinking that all game, if you're shaddy or if you're anyone else, like I'm not going to be the guy to let him down again. I'm not mm-hmm. going to do this again. So it, I think it affects that throughout the game, you're still kind of thinking about, I don't want to be the guy to do that again. So you're thinking about that play you screwed up. If you're a golfer, if you're Tiger Woods, you done screwed up. All you did was screw up yourself. So now it's on you. It ain't on the third baseman or the right fielder or the pitcher. It's on you. Right. And I just think, I think it's easier maybe to bounce back, but also it's so easy in in a in an individual sport to get trapped in your own head. Mm-hmm. And that's why golf is such a tough game. Yep. Because I've I've never hit great, but I've had days where I've hit better. And as soon as you start hitting kind of bad, you just now you're just thinking about how bad you're hitting and you can't get out of your own way and you're tripping over yourself. So it, it's an interesting thought process to me because I don't know which one's harder. I think it's actually the fact that you have teammates to pick you up helps you in the team sport. Mm-hmm. But the fact that you're constantly worrying about letting your teammates down makes it tough. It, make, it, it puts more responsibility on you. And to me, I, I don't I know. I hear you. And I was just telling you my first inclination. But yeah, I mean, I hear what you're saying. I, I still stick with my position on it boy right. we're talking a lot about corn in this thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah the most references to corn we've ever had you know did you go to corn um, do you remember going to the corn palace was that in i do i do remember was that going in to the lincoln lincoln nebraska maybe or was that on our trip to north dakota yes we'll have to look yeah, that I remember up that. the damn corn palace it's a whole damn palace made out of corn for real this is the corn podcast i mean golly <laughs> Yeah, I know the name of this one already. Okay, next. This is the the Just Press Play pod presented by Green Giant Corn. Isn't that who makes the can of corn? Yeah, what is it, Del Monte or the Green Giant? Del Monte, that's what, yeah. Anyway, okay. We got off into it. Do you remember that? Is that too old? Do you remember that? Green Giant. Let me mark down. So one of the things I've noticed while we've been traveling around, um, I'm not a very spiritual person. I'm a very logical person. And uh, so we've been to these amazing geographical places, right? Mm-hmm. And it is so easy for me to see like how all, all the mythology that was created by the Hawaiians and by the, uh, the Native Americans that have lived in the Rocky, the Rocky Mountains, like it's just so easy to see like there's something very spiritual about seeing something so beautiful yeah. that, that is beneath you that like, you know, you, it, it just, it feels not, I mean, what do you think about that? Do you have oh, any thoughts I on that? Or? I'm a very spiritual person yeah. as I think everyone knows by now. Um, but yeah, I feel, um, I definitely feel connected to the earth, especially out here in, yeah. um, Colorado in the middle of the mountains. Well, for, um, there's a, Little, what did we decide he was? A uh, prairie dog. Prairie dog. Yeah. There's a little prairie dog who we've named Mo. <laughs> yeah. Um, short for Maurice. Yeah. Short for Maurice. He looks like a Maurice. <laughs> yeah. We'll, I'm sure we'll post a picture or two. <laughs> but um, yeah, Maurice has come out. I saw him sunbathing on the little um, right outside our doorstep. There's a little like handrail thing, and it's like a brick stacked up. And so he was. So it's a. It's not. It's wide enough for a little prairie dog to like roost up on. And he was sitting there like he was on a surfboard, just chilling out with his hands up and toward his back and his feet perched, and he was just like chilling and sunbathing. Yeah. And I watched him for a long time, yeah. but I felt like super connected. And then he'd look at like he looked up at me, and then kind of blinked his eyes a little bit. And made sure that he looked at me and like winked or um, 
narrowed his eyes a little, like, are you going to open the door? And then I didn't, and he, I stepped back from the door a little bit, and he relaxed and looked away from me and kept looking back up at the sun. But I feel like, I don't know, we shared a special moment there of just the earth is beautiful, yeah. and he had, I sound like a dork, but um, but you he, are. I am, but, <laughs> <laughs> but he, yeah, I mean, I don't know, even just little things like that, and you're talking about the actual, like, Well, no, um, I'm totally with you, because it's like, like that. but, it's, but it, I definitely felt it with Mo down there. I'm, I, I'm not talking about anything in particular, I'm <laughs> talking about how... Um, when I'm back home in Chicago, I feel like humanity is uh, this beautiful, deadly thing that like mm-hmm. is all important and like the most important thing is like the now. What's going on on the news yeah. and like um, I I know some dark mm-hmm. things have happened on the news and I haven't kept up with any of them and it's been really relaxing. But also I've been opened up to the idea that um, humanity is not the most important thing on this planet and this planet is the most important thing on this planet. It's just like the the animals, the mountains, yeah. the rivers, the streams, every well, the clouds, the trees. It's just... It's all connected. And and it's like the history too. Yeah. I feel like in our trip, I felt so much history yeah. where we've gone. And I know they like highlight it in places, yeah. especially like Kauai or... Right. Um, but or like even like that, that, you know, that temple that we saw. Um, yeah, that's... It's just like we looked at a temple that had been uh, built by hand hundreds and hundreds yeah. of years ago. It was old. Uh, maybe even a thousand years ago. I'm not sure. I think it was um, like before. Yeah, it was old. It was um, before settlers came. So, yeah. uh, but it was, uh, you know, people brought rocks up a mountain to build this temple. And uh, we're talking like mountain, like from was, the ocean to up a mountain, which right. was like thousands of feet 3, high feet up in the air yeah 3,000 feet um, 3,600 3, I think was the elevation something like that and it's just Ugh. it's beautiful it's spiritual it's the the, mm. the history of the people that have walked there and touched those stones were with it and we couldn't even take pictures because we were so like connected to what the the history of it and the spirituality of it and just the the um I don't know the love that was around it yeah um I don't know. We we definitely we didn't take any pictures, but we walked around the whole thing several times, and I didn't touch. I couldn't touch any of the rocks. I really wanted to, but that wasn't my um, just because it was so spiritual and so huge and like such a big thing. But it wasn't my my history to share. Um, so I didn't touch the rock, but I really wanted to. Um, yeah. Like I felt so like drawn to. It's just interesting what a trip like this will do to take the coldness out of you, you know? Yeah. Um, It really warms you up to a lot. And I just, (laughs) this has been really great. Also, not planning a wedding anymore. Yeah. Done with all of our work work. We just have a few summer, we have summer work coming up. But it's like our big things for the year are done. Yeah. And My eyebrows have relaxed a bit. (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of um, things in there that have, that have, you know, release the stress and let us be more positive and connected. But I definitely think just being out here, also being out here, just me and you yeah. helps us to connect spiritually too. Cause we're a lot more open yeah. together anyway. Yeah. yeah. It's beautiful. The world is just a wonderful, happy, gorgeous place and like spiritual. And yeah, I love it. So we've been watching a lot of movies on the plane, right? Yes. Um, and one of the movies I was watching was Jumanji, which I will say Still holds up. That is such a good movie still. Really good movie. Um, and uh, I, I still haven't seen the second one, but the first one is just all around. Even the first 30 minutes where it's a totally different movie about a kid in the 50s, it's still engaging. It's interesting. But what I wanted to talk about was something stood out to me in it um, that like I feel like maybe was kind of harmful for our generation. And it and it seems to pop up a lot in, in, in movies and TV shows. Um, what I noticed was uh, the sister makes up lies all the time. 
Um, and her brother said, uh, you need to stop or else they're going to send you to a shrink. And I just feel like to me that, that makes that stigmatizes, uh, going and talking to somebody, you know, it stigmatizes taking care of your mental health and makes it to where, you know, it's a, it's a bad thing. You're a crazy person for even, you know, talking to a shrink. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, I don't know. What do you think about that? Well, I, I mean, and I think we've talked about this before. Um, I hate that whole the stigma related to it because because we I mean there's there's so many shows and movies most horror movies are based off of people in um asylums or um mental illnesses causing people to go crazy which is valid and um but but also just going and talking to a shrink is like such a even we watched an episode of friends recently yeah. that like Ross was being told he needed to talk to a shrink and he like got so offended that he, he went really off the handle protested. Yeah. And like, and he blew up at his guy and or at the, at his boss or whatever. Ross is the he, worst character in all of friends and maybe all of television. Way, but so like, but it's the not writing like, no, that's not. Yeah. But, but just the writing itself, like the writers were like, this is something that most people would get upset about. And I, and I don't know. And the whole, there's an American horror story. A season called Asylum based right. off of that in general, just based off of people getting sent there. And, and the whole premise is, sorry if, for spoilers, but the premise is she's told she's crazy, the main character, and gets sent to this asylum. And she's trying to prove that she's not crazy. But I think we're stuck on this whole, like, 200, 100 to 200 years ago where they did, like, all this electroshock therapy and people were, like, even for just having a period, women were sent away into and called you know hysterical and sent away and um tried to try they tried to change people with any type of yeah. um any type of personality i the word is wrong but abnormality or defect even though all those things are perfectly normal and there's nothing wrong with it but if you weren't like the nicest person in the town you would get sentenced to you know this asylum yeah. and they'd want to change you but and I mean, I don't know how realistic that all was, but that's what our media has kind of trained us to yeah. believe, that that's the way it used to be. But I think, and now we're like trying to double back on that, I think, and backpedal so hard because it's like, this is important and we're trying to de-stigmatize it. Sorry yeah. if I'm talking too long, but... No, no, you're great. But we're just trying to delete that and look at it with a clean slate and yeah. an empty mind because this is like, because mental health is something that's so important it's well, the most important thing i think and it's kind of uh it's it's a really dangerous mm-hmm. place for society when you won't do any preventative care because you're afraid that it's going to reveal the worst you know like yeah. for example you don't mm-hmm. go to the dentist because you're you know it's going to be in a root canal so then you don't go to the dentist for years and then it actually does turn into a root canal or well, then you have to have five or whatever or you've got a problem and you won't go to the yeah. doctor because you're you know you're afraid they're going to find out you have a brain tumor or something exactly. and then you let something get out of hand and the same thing happens with mental health maybe even more so because anxiety um, builds so hard yeah, on then, anxiety yeah exactly and, <laughs> And so, you know, if, if we could battle. find a way to destigmatize the idea of like, it's, there's nothing wrong with seeing a doctor any, of any yeah. type. It's all good. It's, well, we're getting better. Trust, uh, trust that you know what you need and do yeah. it instead of thinking, but that might make me crazy. Well, yeah. And I mean, but I mean, we're getting better. Every yeah. TV show, the new TV shows, especially Netflix originals that I watch are really open-minded about therapy and like just saying this is a normal thing even like they even set it up for people to get made fun of about it or whatever and then just kill it and just say and and show it in a good light and and i appreciate that but i think we can still go further and yeah because 
there's no such thing as a normal brain. I mean, there is, but not like a normal way of thinking. Everybody has different beliefs. Everyone has different things. Everyone has different issues. Everyone, there's no such thing as a like 100% carefree, um, uh, baggage free human. Yeah. And so, and I think everybody needs different things to deal with that. And hell, I mean, if you don't have, like, I use you as my therapist all the time. Yeah. Um, even with, I mean, I believe in therapy. Therapy is great for a professional. I think if you need, professionals are awesome. Yeah. Um, they're amazing and they're, they make you feel good about yourself and everybody needs that. Um, but even like talking to you, I get a lot of positive positivity and I don't know. I think mental health is something that's, I went off on a weird tangent there, but, (laughs) but, um, mental health is something that people need to stop making such a big deal out of. And yet, but by also taking away some of the power it has, but by also giving it back. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Anyway, green giant. So Hannah, we've been doing a lot of traveling together. And so obviously we've been listening to a lot of music and a lot of it together, but I thought it'd be good to do it. What are we listening to, to kind of update the guys with what's new with us. And so, uh, what have you been listening to this week? Well, um, hate to pull the Hawaii card out again, but <laughs> in Kauai, um, there was this amazing radio station, yes. um, KKCR 91.9, and it was uh, the Kauai Community Radio yes. Station, and it, they played the weirdest, we had it on all day, because they just played every different, like, every time, every hour every block. four or five hours, yeah. three or four hours, I guess, there were, like, different, completely different genres, I felt like we have changed stations, but we hadn't. Um, well, we so it was like, so like at the beginning of the day, we would get up in the morning because we were so far ahead on in mainland time. time. Yeah. Yeah. We were on mainland time. So we would get up at like four or five in the morning and well, six for me, but yeah. Well, yeah, I would get up at four <laughs> or five in the morning, watch the sunrise, get up and then like, um, and get ready for the day. And then we leave our Airbnb or our B and B by like seven thirty or eight. Yeah. At the latest, eight thirty, maybe on a, on when we slept in, it was eight thirty, and we would go out. Um, we get in the car and drive to the whatever we were going to go see that day. And when the radio station was really nice, calming Hawaiian music, and it was most of the time uh, instrumental. Yeah, and it was just ukulele. like yeah, ukulele or um or like uh, just drums, like tribal drums. Um, and yeah, it was really, really relaxing. And then the afternoon would hit at around one, one or two o'clock, and there would be like pop music. Yeah, like but like stuff we hadn't heard before. Yeah, stuff like, I'd never heard before. And it wasn't all Hawaiian stuff. Like it was interesting. Well, it some was, of it was Spanish, and like yeah, some of it just, was like German, and it was like a weird the mix of pop music. Was this cool station that like anybody uh, that wanted to could host a show on it for you know a couple hours a week or whatever, mm-hmm. and uh, so that just led to like this uh, beautiful blend of everybody in Kauai's taste being represented. Like I could imagine a lot of people listen to it for an hour on this day, but never, not any other time of the week because it's, you know, just their taste. But also it was cool listening to the talk radio, right? Like that's, Oh yeah. Well, I learned so much about Hawaiian politics specifically. Um, and about like, there was this one woman on and she was talking, she did this big long like chant. Um, and I think it was a, uh, it was a Hawaiian song that they would, they'd hula dance. to. It was a hula song. Um, but she read it slash recited it. I think she knew it by heart because she seemed like she was attached to it. Yeah. Um, but she recited this thing and it was about how no one can take our land from us and no one can take our love and our hearts and our family from us and our history from us. And it was just really cool and really like inspiring because 
I didn't realize it was such a huge deal, but Hawaii does not necessarily want to be part of the U.S. Yeah, it's not um, 100% support. It's I don't know what the numbers would be, but there's a and, large contingent of Hawaiian sovereignty that they believe themselves to be a kingdom that was illegally occupied by well, the United States. Well, that was stolen. Well, yeah. and because they made the they made um, Queen uh, Elizabeth, right? Queen Emma. Queen Emma. I'm sorry, not Elizabeth. Queen Emma. Um, Queen Emma give up. They said we will kill all of your people if you don't give up your throne, and she did it. Yeah. She gave up her throne of Hawaii. Yeah. Um, and so there's a lot of cool history. Yeah, and Hawaii that didn't too. get to vote on whether they wanted to be a state or no, not. No, they, they just were stolen. Were brought in because rich Americans wanted them yeah. to be. And so it really and, it's surprised. And, and all of this was true, by the way. We looked it up later. It oh, wasn't yeah. just like it wasn't like someone's opinion. Yeah, like, it was it just was, stuff they don't teach you in school that Hawaii was basically stolen. Something. Like it's on yeah. Wikipedia on an unbiased source. It says all this stuff. So well, um, it's interesting. It makes you a little bit more reserved, but for stealing things like the word aloha, which means so much more than um, than we make it out to be. You if know, you, don't steal that because these people are not even necessarily happy with us being over there. So well, and, try and to actually, be respectful. And most people were so nice. Oh, yeah. Everyone was very nice and very accepting and very, like, loving. Everyone was loving. I never had a bad experience yeah, with a person exactly. there. But I heard and saw a lot of things, like bumper stickers and things like that, around especially in a little town we went to called Hanapepe which Hanapepe um, <laughs> which is uh which Lilo and Stitch was based off of was um inspired by Hanapepe um but there were a lot of like little bumper stickers all over the place and saying um saying like Hawaii is not part of the US and yeah. of course a lot of neg- negative things about our uh, president which you can find that anywhere but uh, <laughs> it's not just don't have to be in Hawaii but um <laughs> But they, yeah, I don't know. I we we heard something, a segment about that every day on the radio. Well, and that was, and, and that's that was just something. the interesting. And sometimes it was just like a like a little church bulletin. Like that was what was great about the station is you could go from heavy metal to uh, synth pop to Hawaiian instrumentals to worship to Brada is to worship music to oh, talk radio to church bulletins. Like it was yeah. just. It, it was so, it felt like we were a part of that world, you know, and it, it felt cool. like we got a snapshot while we were driving around into what people are like there. And part of it was like, they're just like us. And part of it was like, they, they don't, we yeah. don't know them and they don't know. It was really it fun was really to, cool. to get. So I agree with you. That was, that was definitely a huge That was awesome. And I thing. heard a lot of new things that I, uh, that I'd never heard of before. Um, I can't name any off the top of my head. Most of them were long Hawaiian names. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, it was really, yeah, really, really cool. Yeah, great call on that. Yeah. Um, what so I was what are, listening to, yeah. um, and you've been listening with me, so yes. you can attest to that it is really great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Philip Michael Scales is an artist that I heard about. There was a poster up at the coffee shop when I was when we were getting ready for our wedding, and it was for his album called Sinner Songwriter. And I was like, okay, I gotta <laughs> check that out. Which is really cool. Um, so I listened to it, and uh, I think Hannah, you can agree with me if I'm right and disagree if I'm wrong, but it feels like. Like Delta Blues in Chicago 2018, so it's like an updated version of the Delta Blues, but with like this like Oh Brother Where Art Thou choral feel. I yeah, I get behind that. Um, yeah, I can. I'll vouch for that. I think it's it's gorgeous. It's really cool. There's that sh- the the shame song is oh. so powerful. Well, center songwriter definitely lives up to he he titled his album correctly. Yeah. Like, it was, it's short though. It's really yeah, it's, it's like it's five songs. Five songs. So I'm thinking that I'll put all of it on my playlist. Um, yeah, it was great it was, though. He he's really talented. Yeah, yeah, so. it's very very nice. Um, and I guess we're gonna do our own little sign off. Uh, love you guys for doing the show without us, and uh, and to our audience, uh, we'll be back home soon. And uh, 
yeah, uh, I guess that's it from from Colorado. See you later. Bye. Peace. can't hear it. Yeah, I kind of wrapped it. So as long as you can't hear the airflow, uh, yeah. This isn't just, this isn't just a headphone rack right here. You'll have to see what comes up.